one, two, there we go. Suddenly I've got some bass in my voice. I think it's funny how you sound to yourself and then when you hear yourself on the video on the recording, you go like, what is going on with my voice? Great. Let's see if this thing is working. There we go. Wonderful. Who's excited to be here this morning? I'm very excited to be here this morning. Why don't you pump somebody in the ribs next to you and ask them, are you ready? No, no, no. Are you ready? There we are. You can't see me. Yeah, it's amazing. It's a, it's a new uh, invisible skin in Fortnite. It's John Cena's skin. You, you can't, you can't, anyway. Maybe just the WWE people can relate. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So today I'm going to share with us about let the word of the Lord ring out to people everywhere. Let the word of the Lord ring out. To people everywhere. Last week I spoke about taking the hill country. I spoke about how God has called us to a base church. And, and part of the, the moving into be, being a base church is to move from being a visionary-led church to being visionaries. Visionaries in different areas over ministries, but also visionaries of ourselves. And we spoke about, uh, we heard about how Caleb, at the age of 80, took the hill country. Him and his family and those that he led. And we spoke about how we need to know what God has said over us as individuals and as a church. How we need to believe what God said. How we need to do and act on what God said and help others to do and act on what God said. Smith Wigglesworth said this, there are four principles we need to maintain. First, read the Word of God. Second, consume the Word of God until it consumes you. Third, believe the Word of God. Fourth, act on the Word of God. Does anybody know who Smith, Smith Wigglesworth was? He was an amazingly used man of God, and, uh, evangelically, uh, evangelistically, and a lot of signs and wonders, miracles that happened when he ministered. There's a, there's a book called God's Generals, and if you haven't heard of Smith Wigglesworth or any of the, the amazing move of God, moves of God that's taken place in this nation, I really want to encourage you to find the book. It's called God's Generals, and go read it, and let it stir your faith for what God wants to do in us and through us. Is that all right? The prophetic words we have must always be in line with the Word of God. Always be in line with the Word of God. Uh, and today, what I want to do is I want to speak about being on mission with God. Being on mission with God. Specifically, how we view as a church and as people who partner with NCMI, New Covenant Ministries International, how we view what being on mission beyond our local context looks like. We believe that the best way we can reach people in another local area, in an area that's not our own, 
is to establish churches that are life-giving in those areas. There's, a, there's, there's a, a transformation or almost like a progression that's taken place. In, in South Africa, they, uh, um, I went to a Bible school and there people were trained to become missionaries. Right? And what they would do is they would go on mission trips. Anyone here ever been on a mission trip before? Right? It's kind of like you, you, you go be you sent out, you go to an area, you do something incredible that you're encouraged by, you go back to your home church, you tell your home church how amazing it was, you either dug a well or put up a, 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 a what do you call a pump, an electrical pump, first a hand pump, and then some more funds come in, and then you've got a motor for the hand pump that made it a bit easier for the people. And amazingly, 500 people responded to the Jesus film. And you go next year, and you build on that, and 500 people respond to the Jesus film. And next year you go, and you add a building around the pump, and 500 people respond to the Jesus film. And then you hear of a different church that's also been sending missions there, and they've had 500 people respond to the Jesus film. The same 500 people get saved year after year after year after year, and every time a group of people came along, and loved on them. Which, by the way, in the African culture is the proper response when people, when people come to you and do something to bless you. You say, yes, thank you very much. And when they ask anybody you want to raise their hand, you raise your hand. And so the churches can get stuck in this never-ending cycle of believing that we're effective in reaching a people group. But actually, if you went and lived amongst the people, the, the, the moment you move, they go back to the way things were before you came. And so the gospel doesn't have the kind of impact we would hope it, it, it would have, and we give feedback on. And so we believe that the way that we can effectively build into a community is by establishing a local church there that can live amongst the people teach the people, reach out to people, and there is line upon line being built in that community. Are you still with me? Mission, and if this thing would work, mission isn't something that we are involved with. It's something we are on. We are on mission. It's not something that we do every now and again. We are constantly on mission. Constantly on on mission. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20 says this. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, what does it say? Go and make disciples of all the nations. Make disciples. You do not make disciples by going to an area once a year. Making disciples, being discipled. If you have ever been discipled, you know it's quite an intensive process. It means that you get your hands dirty with one another. That you kind of like get stuck in with each other's lives. There's a process that happens. It's very hard to do that when you're only going to an area ever so often. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. What is going on here? And it says that we teach these new disciples 
to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Now you know that when we teach people, it's no use just giving input. You want to see a response. You want to see growth. And again, it's just very hard to do when you only go in once in a while. I think, Rob, you're going to have to help me. It's not, it's not doing what it's meant to be doing. Acts 1 verse 8 says this. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Anybody need some power in your life? Need a little bit of Holy Spirit. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. Telling people about me. To your neighbor? Yes. The person down the road? Yes. But everywhere. Everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We are on mission. We are on mission making disciples with our families. We're not just on mission on a Sunday morning or when we meet together at home group or when we go on an event or, or an outreach. I am constantly involved with discipling First and foremost, my wife, and my wife me, but us together, our children. What a wonderful privilege that is. What a wonderful privilege, parents, for us to be discipling our kids and raising them up to become men and women of impact to those around them. We are on mission here at church. We are on mission in the workplace, we are on mission with our friendship circles. We are on mission with those that God brings across our path that we will never see again. And we are on mission with those that live in other places in this nation and in other nations. We are on mission with the churches in France that we partner with. With the churches in um, Portugal, in Italy. With a church plant that's, that's happening in Spain. With the churches up the road, Phil and Sam, we are on mission together. Now let me just say for those of us who've been through this, being on mission doesn't mean that we Bible bash. You know the picture that people have of us Christians? Bible under the arm. Thee thou, thine, thou shalt, shalt not, more than shalt. If you do something wrong, suddenly a Bible appears in their hand and they just dazed and confused. That's not what being on mission means. It's not forcing Jesus down people's throats. It means we are sensitive to the Holy Spirit and the moment that we're in. Answering like Isaiah, here are my Lord, use me. It means that wherever I am, with whomever I am, being available and willing to do whatever God wants for the sake of those with me. Now, I say that as a foundation because I, w I hope you are hearing that being on mission is something that is part of us. It's something that we are involved with and doing and being every day. Now, turn with me to 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 2 to 10. This is an amazing example <coughs> of the translocal, translocal ministry taking place. Translocal means 
transfer, transfer from one local place to another local place. A ministry that is taken what God has done in this area and applying it into another area. Translocal ministry. We always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. As we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and the enduring hope you have because of our Lord Jesus. So this is Paul writing to the church in Thessalonica. They have been to this church and worked into the church. And now Paul is writing to them, giving them feedback about what he's heard about what they have done with the message they've taught into that church. We know, dear brothers and sisters, that God loves you and has chosen you to be His very own people. Ruben, do you mind just opening that window there, please? So we can get a bit of a draft through here. Thank you. We know, dear brothers and sisters, that God loves you and has chosen you to be His own people. For when we brought you the good news... So Paul and the team who went there brought them the good news. It was not only with words, but also with power. Pay note to that. It was not just the teaching of the the word, but it was also the demonstration of the word. For the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance that what we said was true. That the Holy Spirit showed you that what we said was true. And you know of our concern for you from the way we lived when we were with you. So you received the message with joy from the Holy Spirit. In spite of severe suffering, it brought you. In this way, you imitated both us and the Lord. As a result, listen to this. As a result of the translocal ministry and the receiving thereof, what happened? As a result, you have become an example to all the believers in Greece throughout both Macedonia and Achaia. And now the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to people everywhere, even beyond Macedonia and Achaia. For wherever we go, we find people telling us about your faith in God. We don't need to tell them about it, for they keep talking about the wonderful welcome you gave us and how you turned away from idols to serve the living and true God. And they speak of how you are looking forward to the coming of God's Son from heaven, Jesus, whom God raised from the dead, and He is the one who has rescued us from the terrors of the coming judgment. It's a beautiful testimony of the gospel at work. It's a beautiful story of what we read in Acts 1 verse 8. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. There's Paul and his team that went beyond their Jerusalem, beyond the local area. They went into a different country, a different context, a different people, spent time there, taught, inputted, and what happened? That church took it, applied it, and then they they then shared it on. It's beautiful. It's, it's, it blows my mind how this works. 
People don't have to listen to us. But because it's the truth, because there's power with it, lives are changed. And when lives are changed, people are inspired and encouraged to do what? To share the same with people that need the truth and the life that God brings. Anybody here experience that for yourself? That life-transforming power of the gospel? So we see how Paul and the team is part of ministered into the church. The community of believers took which was taught and lived it out so much that, that they then became a blessing going to other churches in other local areas. Essentially, essentially, what they were doing was the fourth point from last week. Paul and the team were helping another church do what? Do what God has spoken over them. Do what the Bible tells us to do. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that an incredible privilege to be part of that? I don't know about you, but it excites me. It excites me because we're going to see it in action. It excites me because who knows? Maybe seated here this morning is somebody that God is going to push His finger on your... and give you an opportunity... To ring out the word of God for others' lives to be changed. I just want to look at a couple of points. What is the purpose of going to another local church? The first point is to strengthen. To strengthen the church. And we strengthen the church by laying strong foundations. We lay strong foundations. That's what Paul, Barnabas, Peter, Timothy... Any, go and read any of, the, any of the, the epistles following the Gospels of what the believers did when they ministered into any other church. What they did was they strengthened the local church. It's what Ephesians 4 verse 11 says. That Jesus gave these gifts to build up the church, to strengthen it, to lay foundations by preaching the Gospel why? Why do we preach the gospel? Why do we share the gospel? So that people may be saved. So that people can have the opportunity to access God and truly live their best life now. Truly live their best life now. Not without obstacles. Not without struggles. But with the knowledge that God is with us. In it with us. In our corner. My friends, if you, if you go and read any self-help book, if you join any self-help course, any uh, program, there is something you've got to do first in order to receive. Anything. Any other religion. Go, go and study. Any other religion tells you in order to receive, you have to do this. If you want to receive forgiveness, you have to go and do X, Y, and Z. And in some instances, you're still not guaranteed a forgiveness. Christianity is the only religion where God gives first. Regardless of our response. A little bit different to how we work, isn't it? We will give and be generous and kind... If the person will do the right thing. 
if they will appreciate what I'm doing. Not God. The gospel is incredibly good news. And that is the primary thing that we go and do when we go and support another church, is we encourage them with the gospel, their journey in the gospel, and their sharing of the gospel. Then also what we do with foundations, to strengthen them by laying foundations, is we teach on, li- on living life. On living life. We teach about relationships. The Bible is full of relationship lessons. Teach about finances. Teach about holy and righteous living. We teach people about the the four different dynamics as a believer. The dynamic of my relationship with God. And in relating to my relationship with God, what should my relationship be like with myself? What my relationship should be like with other believers? And what my relationship should be like with others that are not saved? We help people. We teach people. We also teach on leadership. Paul and Barnabas, Barnabas was incredibly gifted at raising up leaders. Just go and read Acts 13, 14, and 15, what the result was of them going into Antioch from Jerusalem and ministering into that church. They raised up leaders naturally. By the way, one of the best things about coming along on a, on a trip like this is the opportunity to grow. is the opportunity to grow. The second thing that we do when we do translocal ministry is we encourage them in the faith. We encourage them in the faith through demonstration. Through the demonstration of the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit. And again, we see the same thing happen with Barnabas and Paul. Barnabas and Paul, two of their main giftings was the prophetic and teaching. And when you go and read who they brought through as deacons and as other, other uh, translocal ministers, what were the gifts that they showed? Prophecy and teaching. So when we go on a, on a, on a ministry trip, on a mission, uh, translocal ministry trip, God gives us gifts. God gives us spiritual gifts that we then go and impart in that local church. Isn't that an incredible thing? It's also a bit of a scary thing. Because some of us, myself included, sometimes we struggle even to share that gift in the safe place of the local church. Anybody willing to put their hand up? Let me start picking up people who should be putting their hands up. (laughs) We see that in Acts 15, the imparting and releasing of gifts. We see it in Acts 13. And in 1 Thessalonians Thessalonians 1 verse 7, we see how as a church, the church in Thessalonica became an example to all believers, what? With their faithful work, their loving deeds, their enduring hope, and the word of the Lord that was ringing out to people everywhere. It also gives us an opportunity. It also gives us an opportunity to show the fruit 
of the believers in the local church that are traveling to the other churches. You guys still with me? Um, When we were in South Africa, I had the privilege and opportunity to minister into different local churches uh, across South Africa. And it's an incredible thing when you are able to take people along with you who's living the testimony of the gifting and the call of God. And it's an incredible privilege to then give opportunity for those people to share what God has done. And one of the churches in Port Elizabeth, we, we had uh, done a, a Money Matters course and took with us uh, one of my friends from, from Joburg who had an incredible testimony of the faithfulness of God when you apply God's principles in business and in finances. And there was a connection made which meant then that they invited him to go back there a number of times to keep going back and walk a journey with some of the people in the church. What a privilege that would be. What a privilege that would be if one of us here, one of you, have a, carry a testimony of God in your lives with something that you've trusted God with, and you are then able to go somewhere else in a local context and encourage the people there to do the same. What a privilege. That's part and parcel of being a base church involved with translocal ministry. Another thing that we, go, that we do when we go there is to release elders by the laying on of hands. Now this is an important thing. Can you see the, the, the need for a continual relationship? If you teach on leadership, what will happen if they work with us teaching? It will produce leaders. And when there's growth, there's a requirement for more leadership. And it's an incredible privilege to go into a local context and pray over a, a couple that God has called to eldership. Because whenever God adds eldership to a group, to a, to a church, it means increase is coming. It means growth is coming. It means more is coming. More opportunity to minister to pastor, to shepherd, to oversee, and increases the ministry to the, to the church. The third thing that we do when we go into a, 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 another local uh, context is to keep them from being shaken by troubles. To keep them from being shaken by troubles. Anybody here never experienced any troubles in your life? Hands up, hands up, hands up, hands up. Hands up, Vicky. You've never experienced trouble in your marriage because your husband's incredible. Just, I just sense that. Say amen, please. Please. Oh, there we go. Thank you. <laughs> we will experience trouble and difficulty in this life. If anyone, Christians included, guarantee you you will not face trouble, it's a lie. Because even Jesus, who is God, said, in this life, you will have trouble. Experience some trouble, Gene? It's the truth. We are not exempt just because we wear a Jesus badge. Or because we come to church. That's not how it works. Thanks to Adam and Eve, who fell in sin, we are all subject to trouble. 
The difference is we've got God in our corner. Limitless source of joy. Limitless source of peace. Limitless source of strength. Limitless source of whatever you need in the moment when you're facing it. Limitless. And the privilege we have by ministering translocally is to support and counsel that local church when they go through trouble. One of the worst positions we can be in as believers or as a person is alone when we're going through trouble. I don't know about you, but when I go through trouble, I tend to get so focused, so consumed by my thoughts and what I'm experiencing, that it becomes very difficult, if not impossible, to see a possible solution. And sometimes churches go through periods of turmoil, whether it be financial, whether it be relational, whatever. And sometimes, like us, a church needs someone to come and lift their heads. Lift their their gaze to Jesus. Not the person going there. Because I'm not God. You're not God. They don't need my best ideas. What do they need? They need a God solution. That's why it's such an incredible privilege to do translocal ministry. But it's also an incredible responsibility to do translocal ministry. Because if we go in there with our own ideas, we're not setting that church up for success. And we carry the weight then, the burden of it. But God, in all His grace, when He gives us counsel, He lifts the burden. Amen? So we have the privilege when we do translocal ministry to give support and counsel. Here are just four quick things that is applicable in life with all relationships, by the way. But four things that is important. Be in contact. Right? Be in contact. Be praying. Be wise in what you say. Not drawing from your experience, but from the wisdom of God, the guidance of the Holy Spirit, based in Scripture. And then also sometimes, I don't know about you, but if you've ever been in a conversation and what the person is saying is valuable, but you can't actually hear what they're saying over how they're saying it. Have you ever been on that situation? Oh, Vicky, Vicky and I have. Where she's trying to help me with something, but because she's getting angry with me for not listening, which very seldom happens... <laughs> She might say it in a way that makes it hard for me to hear what she's saying. So when we are in the privileged position of helping another church or another person to see something they need to see, we need to be Holy Spirit-led. 
We need to access the fruit of the Spirit to deliver the message of God. What are the fruit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and 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 self-control. Yeah, you're right. The Bible says, Paul says, when we live life exhibiting the fruit, there is no law against that. No law. But let me take it a step further. Now we, now we have the, had the privilege to walk a journey with the, the church, with the people in the church, and they're facing a difficult thing. What does the enemy want to do? What does the devil want to do? The devil wants to come and stop that from growing, right? So it causes trouble. And we come in displaying the fruit of the Spirit. What does that do to the enemy's plan? Disarm. No power. Why? Because when we access God's ways... It releases God's presence. When we access God's ways, it releases God's presence. You still with me? You good? We need to be living like this every day. We need to be accessing the fruit of the Spirit in every moment, in every circumstance. We need to practice it at home with our families. I fail miserably. Hey, girls, don't say yes. <laughs> I fail regularly. I do. But that's the amazing grace of God at work then in each other for one another. So it's so important that we exercise the gifts that God's given us. Right here, where we are, in the safe place. In the safe country. So, who can be involved with translocal ministry? Linda, I'm so glad you're asking me that question. Thank you. Great, well done. That's for you, Linda. The answer is simple. Anyone. Anyone. Please put your, your finger on your chest like this. And speak to yourself. Say, I am anyone. I am anyone. You. Anyone can go on a ministry trip. Anyone can be involved with translocal ministry. We see in the Bible, like I mentioned, Paul often took teams with him when he traveled. Jesus took people with him when he ministered. When he sent out the disciples two by two. We see team throughout Scripture. And we also see that those who lead the team always create opportunities for growth. Always saw the bigger picture. And here's the thing. It's not up to the team leader to do everything. That's not how God designed it. From visionary to visionaries. We're not looking for superstars, friends. We're not. We're not looking for the Avengers. You know? It's not the Avengers with a capital A. Those are the up-and-coming young guys. And then the Avengers with a capital A. 
Did I say capital twice there? Small caps. Capital. We're not looking for superstars. We're not looking for, for those that is clearly, this is the man of God. That when he walks through those doors, it's like, whoosh. There's no one like that. Not even Jesus came representing something like that. Translocal ministry is not made for superstars. We are looking for you to respond to God's call. We're looking for you to step out in faith into God's plan for us to minister translocally. And from personal experience... Those translocal trips has been one, some of the most incredible growth opportunities that I had. I didn't preach or teach or led worship or played on the, in the band at every trip that I attended. Sometimes I had no opportunity to do anything public, but there was always something to be done in private. There was always an opportunity to sh- share with someone. Now, maybe there's some of you here that feel that you have a call to minister translocally. Well, what do you do? What do you do? You let your gift make a way for you. Your gift will make a way for you. We never promote ourselves. The call comes in recognition of what we've done. And yes, yes, the thing that's important. And and I know I've been I've been, you know, saying put your hand on your heart and all those things, but you need to realize, each one of us need to realize that what God has put inside of us is precious. What God has put inside of us is precious and for a purpose. And it's deserving of your attention. It is deserving for you to nurture it. It's deserving of you to mature in that gift. It is so important that we work with what God's given us and that we are accountable for that journey. Not asking for permission, but perspective in our lives. That's what accountability is. God gives us people that help us cover our blind spots. The very blind spots that trip us up from walking in the fullness of the call of God. Not disqualify us. So I'm not talking, the blind spots are not necessarily always sin, although it could be. But it could be bad habits, unhelpful things that we do that makes it difficult for people to receive from us. It's so important that we walk in accountability. And this is how good God is. God is so good that He doesn't leave us to ourselves, to our own devices. But He puts us in community. He puts us in a local church where we can do life together, be involved in each other's lives, encourage one another, love one another, support one another, correct one another, help one another. I'm grateful for this community that God has put us in. And we're going to have some opportunities come up in the coming months 
to minister translocally. You're in the UK and to Europe and who knows where else. I want to ask you, I want to ask you, won't you prepare yourself? Won't you get ready? Won't you be like Isaiah, ready that when God goes, when He presses your button, when He says it's time to go, that you are ready to run with Him. Not suddenly wake up and go like, oh, I haven't had my quiet time for two months. Oh, oh, where do I? No. Prepare now. And be ready to run with God in what He's called us to. Won't you bow your heads with me, please? God's got a plan for you, and He's got a plan for us as a church. And He's called us to a high calling. And it's a privilege to be part of that plan. And each one of us, we've got a part to play. And I, I pray, Lord God, that, that wherever we find ourselves, wherever your people find themselves this morning, Lord God, if there's somebody here, Lord God, that, that is doubting that you've got a plan for their lives, I pray, Lord, that you will speak to their hearts. Where, where some people might see obstacles, I pray that you will tear them down, Lord God, and give them faith like Caleb to take the hill country. I pray for those of us like myself who've got some excesses, Lord God, that you'll help us to rein it in for the sake of the gospel and the kingdom. I pray, Lord God, above all, for faith and courage in this time that as you prepare us for the call, Lord God, that we will respond, here I am, use me. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen, Amen. Thank you.